What up, world? It's your boy, the Puerto Rican powerhouse, the Mike for hiring the podcast and himself, Christian Joe Ramos, back at it again with a brand new review. And today we are continuing reviewing the HBO Max exclusive series, Euphoria. We're on season one, still episode three and four. Let's get it started. Okay, so as you recalled, we realized that every episode is a hip hop song title, and this one is no different. The title of this episode is made your look based off of the Nas song with the same name from Stillmatic. I recall that was way back when high school, not even, it was like middle school for me. Sheesh. Uh, but good album though. But yeah, so it starts off with Kat when she, as a child, has gone on vacation with her family to Jamaica and she discovered pina coladas, obviously virgin pina coladas because she's a child. But, you know, I remember when I was a kid drinking pina coladas the first time, I fell in love too because those things were so damn addicting like you can't stop at one like if you really drank them it's just like man you just it, it was like i have a, had to have another and apparently cat's parents got money like that because she had like 72 of them during the whole vacation or the whole trip which is crazy and my parents weren't even thinking about diabetes like that damn so she was drinking you know dad them down like nothing in her mom's like yeah sure whatever makes you happy and she gained some weight. I think she put on like 20 pounds because of it. Mind you, it's a pre-teenage where looks are starting to matter. And as a child trying to become a teenager and adult, you're going through a lot of changes. So putting on 20 pounds over a week vacation, that's a lot to put on. But then again, if your diet consists of any pina coladas and God knows what other, what else, and you're not exercising, yeah, you're going to put on some weight. But thing is, she had like a little boyfriend back in middle school named Daniel. He wasn't shallow at all, but... Mind you, she was already on the larger size for her age. So the fact she put on even more weight, it, kids can be a little shallow. They can try to be as uh, reflective of the, you know what, I don't care what people say, you know, I like you for who you are. That's great at all, but eventually people are going to talk down to you about your girl, like, oh man, she sure put on a couple pounds, and then you feel less confident because you're like, oh damn, why am I still with this girl? Again, this is immature children, not fully grown adults who have developed. Like, you hear this kind of banter in high school, even and sometimes in college. Like, well, not college, people are already adults understanding that if, uh, weight is not that serious. But I've, definitely, high school is still a big thing. And I think it's really dangerous when people talk about people's weight like that. Like, come on, this, you don't know what people are going through be diabetes, uh, maybe they're going through thyroid issues. Just let people live. But again, middle school punks are going to do what middle school punks do. So he he pretty much dumped her because as he started looking at some other girl's direction in class it is what it is middle school relationships never last anyways they're supposed to be quick he, they're here today and gone tomorrow because your kids you're just having you're experiencing love for the first time at that age so as she grew up older she grew up very self-conscious of herself but she also um, very recluse but she became tumblr's number one fan fiction smut writer and won awards for it or something i don't know i, I couldn't understand or comprehend what they're saying but she's one of those tumblr writers that doesn't go damn porn books or whatever um she got her shit like published on it or something a prolific seven thousand word essay fan fiction of one direction and yo it gets really like hey yo getting a little too uh, explicit so it's definitely in those romance novels uh, type territory she's got a feature in that and it's got her 184,000 notes and 3,000 300,000 followers my apologies so she got internet famous but she's going by some sort of pseudo name on tumblr not a real name and 
it's funny because in reality, she's not that popular. But online, she's one of the biggest writers. You know, she's got kind of like a secret following, kind of like Banksy. Like, people really dig her shit. So, as she's having this alter ego that her friends don't even know about like that, um, she's secretly famous online, but not quite popular in school. Because, again, people are shallow and high schoolers are dumbasses and... It's tough because you got to look a certain way, dress a certain way, be a certain way to fit in, right? That's what it all is about. It's all about image and your clicks and whatnot. Funny thing is, all her girlfriends are pretty good looking, so it's kind of weird that this clicky shit is even an issue because she, she should be cool by association. But again, everyone's had, this is this is a show that's dramatizing high school. It's always going to be a little bit more because it's taking things there for that to the extreme for dramatization don't take it too literal it's a little bit in your face on purpose to keep you entertained because regular high school is not nearly as dramatic and horrifying as tv shows portray it to be these this is more like the extremes that they point out at and it, it can happen on occasion it's not just happening on a daily damn basis like it's crazy how tv shows make things seem like every day there's always some big hoopla some big you know shit going down but no half the time high school is kind of boring everyone's just trying to just go about their day but that doesn't make for good television does it <laughs> so anyways she's very depressed <laughs> wow what a fucking transition that was horrible yeah i'm over here laughing in depression no uh she's depressed uh because she can't feel the same love in real life that she gets online and that that sucks. That that fucking blows. I mean, I, I I get where she's coming from, because online she has all the people who really treat her like she's got some worth, and then in real life, everyone around her is just a giant dirtbag. It it makes for a polarizing experience of adolescence and young adulthood. Um, so she's going the OnlyFans route because of the league sex tape from the previous episode. She's like, might as well. Dig, dig deep into this hole if I'm making money. If you're gonna people gonna embarrass me, I might as well make money out of it. And that she did. So she wears like this cat-like mask where she's in her face because you don't really see her face in the video, but you got it a clue of her body type. But she somehow convinces the whole school that it's some other girl because of the angles of the camera. Whatever, whatever she say face, everyone's done buying the story because she's that convincing. But now she's online doing doing her thing to make some cheddar, make some skrillet. So she's over here doing that to get these perverts who are big fans of her to pay her money. Why not, right? So this is where Rue, we move on to Rue, who has been doing well um, after her little fentanyl uh, scare that she had at, um, at uh, Fesco's house from the his dealer, the guy with the tattoos all over his face. Her mom worries because she just appears for 16 hours a day. Any parent would. That's crazy. Uh, and she's trying to stay sober and feels compelled for her family's sake and everyone around her who's rooting for her to stay sober, but not for herself. And this is one of those downward spirals where, like, you got to do shit for yourself before you can do it for others because it, it's, it's for your own well-being and benefit, not for everyone else's. Um, she's actually trying her best either way. Uh, Jules is falling head over heels for the captain of the football team, which is wild because she slept with this dude's uh, dad. Not a yeah. So like, it, but she doesn't know it's him because he's going by a fake name, Tyler. But we know who it is, and um, he's hitting on her and and sending dick pics and 
the dick pic becomes a big issue. It becomes a big segment, almost a comedic on the episode, where they're showing like what different dick pics mean and how they're they're taken. And I'm like, yo, this is getting a little bit too intricate for my liking. Like, I'm just trying to watch a show about high schoolers, uh, a young adults playing high schoolers, but this is getting a little too graphic for my liking. Let's just leave it at that. And I'm like, well, then again, it's HBO. When have they not shown ass, titties, and dicks? You know, like they show everything on HBO. But they get really intricate, like sex ed intricate with this portion with Rue giving like a full on, almost like a cutaway scene you would see in Scrubs or any comedy show. Um, and she's in a classroom with the pointer. It's a whole hilarious moment, I guess. Uh, so the girls are at lunch talking about boys and just normal stuff. Just there, you know, just how's life, everything all right. And this is where Kat asks her friends like, hey, does Bitcoin like protect you from people knowing where your money's coming from and they're all looking at her like we don't know shit about bitcoin we're they're high schoolers like they're too young to talk about this type of stuff but some of the people online who like her want to pay her in bitcoin and if you know anything about bitcoin and crypto it's real money in the form of a digital format so you can guess you can literally sell bitcoin if someone gives you and get currency in your country in return yes that's exactly how it works and no harm no foul so she goes to Ashtray. Of course, this 12-year-old knows about damn NFTs and Bitcoin. He's a 12-year-old drug dealer. Why wouldn't he know this shit? <laughs> so, um, and then Ashtray and Fesco make, uh, make it known that, listen, we deal with everything except sex trafficking. We don't do human trafficking. We don't cross that line. We don't fuck with that. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Which, again, was kind of a good joke, but haha, no. Uh, so here we move on, where Cassie's going off to college to see her boyfriend, and her mom warns her to be careful not to get knocked up. And she's being serious, even though she's kind of drunk and jokey, but she really like, listen, have fun, but don't have too much fun. And being a caring mom, so aside from her alcohol problems, she actually is a caring mother. She just wants her best for her daughters. I mean, she gives them freedom for sure to do what they want, but she knows, hey, there's constant consequences your choices you better watch how you do so we move on where she says to her, her boyfriend christopher no funny business and she he's like yes ma'am i'll take care of her so chris is at a frat a white frat to be exact because in most of these shows whenever they do frats they always do the white frats and if you know anything about fraternities right white frats are notorious for hazing and a lot of weird shit like they just do a lot of strange uh, dares like it's fucking fear factor or some shit it's just they always go overboard you don't see the shit in, in in hispanic and black frats like you don't see this happening usually brown and black frats are a little bit more cool a little bit more level-headed it's more militant like they got you cleaning toilets with a toothbrush chore because that's initiation you got to pay your dues whatever it is just regular chores but white frats out here got you doing some shit like fucking uh taking shots of goldfish like i'm like what the hell and again if you watch any of these frat movies like uh, animal house whatever they always got some weird kinks and in, in shit that's a little bit okay you've gone a bit too far <laughs> so yeah you know exactly what i'm talking about if you watch any of those movies they're just specifically very wild so well, with that being said thankfully even though chris was about to like you know pussy out of there getting a shot of goldfish his girl Cassie helps him and takes a shot with him and then they wins over the, the elder frat guys so as we move on here we see where Rue has a crush on Jules the whole episode it was hinting at it because she was overprotective of her like in this online guy who she doesn't know anything about so I don't blame her for you know having her apprehensions 
because let's keep it 100 even though the guy knows that she is transitioning and trans uh in all seriousness, trans people go through a lot of shit as uh, murders and suicide are a big issue in the trans community. So seeing people getting killed for just existing is so fucked up, but it's a reality. So if your best friend is trans, you want to protect them from a total stranger who's trying to meet you in the middle of the night in the, in, in the, in the freaking woods or a park somewhere sketchy. But, Jules is used to this because because she is um, different than the rest of the society sees her, her high school. She can't just meet people in public old school way. She has to do it this way for people who are still in the closet themselves about themselves. And so it's it's kind of like to protect on both sides, but I get where Rue is coming from. Like, what are you doing out in the middle of the night to meet a guy? You can't meet him at a damn movie theater or something? Like, you just, just pick somewhere a little bit more discreet. Maybe maybe somewhere where, I don't know, there's some people, but like, it ain't, it ain't I don't know, just some, just nothing sketchy. Like, you know, it's just dangerous. So, of course, as a good friend would worry, you know, like, hey, I'll be right. So, Rue in the end shows her true feelings um, for Jules, and she rushes to Fezco for a fix um but he's cutting her off uh and it was the fix wasn't because she was happy it was because she was relapsing a little bit at this point and um i think she was being rejected by jules or she felt that jules was like caught off guard with her liking her her so she got I felt embarrassed and she wanted to blow off steam fesco cut her off because like hey after what happened last time i'm not trusting drugs anywhere near you plus you stole me money and i don't want to deal with this shit never come to my house again and this is where she had a whole meltdown and that's the end of the third episode here we're going to take a small commercial break and review the following episode don't move that dial i know it's not television it's just something i heard on tv growing up <laughs> just stay there we'll be right back with the next review What up, world? It's your boy, the Puerto Rican powerhouse, the Mike for hiring the podcast, or himself, Christian Joel Ramos, back at it again with a brand new review. And today we are continuing reviewing the HBO Max exclusive series, Euphoria. We're on season one, still episode three and four. Let's get it started. Okay, so as you recalled, we realized that every episode is a hip hop song title, and this one is no different. The title of this episode is made your look based off of the Nas song with the same name from Stillmatic. I recall that was way back when high school, not even, it was like middle school for me. Sheesh. Uh, but good album though. But yeah, so it starts off with Kat when she, as a child, has gone on vacation with her family to Jamaica and she discovered pina coladas, obviously virgin pina coladas because she's a child. But, you know, I remember when I was a kid drinking pina coladas the first time, I fell in love too because those things were so damn addicting like you can't stop at one like if you really drank them it's just like man you just it, it was like i have a, had to have another and apparently cat's parents got money like that because she had like 72 of them during the whole vacation or the whole trip which is crazy and my parents weren't even thinking about diabetes like that damn so she was drinking you know dad them down like nothing in her mom's like yeah sure whatever makes you happy and she gained some weight. I think she put on like 20 pounds because of it. Mind you, it's a pre-teenage where looks are starting to matter. And 
as a child trying to become a teenager and adult, you're going through a lot of changes. So putting on 20 pounds over a week vacation, that's a lot to put on. But then again, if your diet consists of any pina coladas and God knows what what else and you're not exercising, yeah, you're going to put on some weight. But thing is, she had like a little boyfriend back in middle school named Daniel. He wasn't shallow at all, but mind you, she was already on the larger size for her age. So the fact she put on even more weight, it, kids can be a little shallow. They can try to be as uh, reflective of the, you know what, I don't care what people say, you know, I like you for who you are. That's great at all, but eventually people are going to talk down to you about your girl like, oh man, she sure put on a couple pounds and then you feel less confident because you're like, oh damn, why am I still with this girl? Again, this is immature children, not fully grown adults who have developed. Like, you hear this kind of banter in high school even, and sometimes in college. Like, well, not college, people are already adults understanding that if, uh, weight is not that serious, but I've, definitely high school is still a big thing, and I think it's really dangerous when people talk about people's weight like that. Like, come on, this, you don't know what people are going through, be diabetes, uh, maybe they're going through thyroid issues. Just let people live. But again, middle school punks are gonna do what middle school punks do, so he, he pretty much dumped her because he started looking at some other girl's direction in class. It is what it is. Middle school relationships never last anyways. They're supposed to be quick. He, they're here today and gone tomorrow because your kids are just having, you're experiencing love for the first time at that age. So as she grew up older, she grew up very self-conscious of herself, but she also, well, very recluse, but she became Tumblr's number one fan fiction smut writer and won awards for it or something. I don't know. I couldn't understand or comprehend what they were saying, but she's one of those Tumblr writers that does all those damn porn books or whatever. Um, she got her shit like published on it or something, a prolific 7,000 word essay fan fiction of One Direction. And yo, it gets really like, hey, yo, you're getting a little too uh, explicit. So it's definitely in those romance novels uh, type of territory. She's got a feature in that. And it's got her 184,000 notes and 300,000 followers. My apologies. So she got internet famous, but she's going by some sort of pseudo name on Tumblr, not her real name. And it's funny because in reality, she's not that popular, but online, she's one of the biggest writers. You know, she's, a, she's got a, kind of like a secret following, kind of like Banksy, like people really dig her shit. So as she's having this alter ego that her friends don't even know about like that, um, she's secretly famous online, but not quite popular in school because, again, people are shallow and high schoolers are dumbasses and it's tough because you got to look a certain way, dress a certain way, be a certain way to fit in, right? That's what it all it's about. It's all about image and your clicks and whatnot. Funny thing is, all her girlfriends are pretty good looking, so it's kind of weird that this clicky shit is even an issue because she, she should be cool by association. But again, everyone's had, this is this is a show that's dramatizing high school. It's always going to be a little bit more because it's taking things there for that to the extreme for dramatization don't take it too literal it's a little bit in your face on purpose to keep you entertained because regular high school is not nearly as dramatic and horrifying as tv shows portray it to be these this is more like the extremes that they point out at and it, it can happen on occasion it's not just happening on a daily damn basis like it's crazy how tv shows make things seem like every day there's always some big hoopla some big you know shit going down but no half the time high school's kind of boring everyone's just trying to just go about their day but that doesn't make for good television does it 
So anyways, she's very depressed. <laughs> wow, what a fucking transition. That was horrible. Yeah, I'm over here laughing in depression. No, uh, she's depressed uh, because she can't feel the same love in real life that she gets online. And that that sucks. That, that fucking blows. I mean, I, I, I get where she's coming from. Because online, she has all the people who really treat her like she's got some worth. And then in real life, everyone around her is just a giant dirtbag. It, it makes for a polarizing experience of adolescence and young adulthood. Um, so she's going the OnlyFans route because of the leaked sex tape in the previous episode. She's like, might as well dig, dig deep into this hole if I'm making money. If you're gonna, people are going to embarrass me, I might as well make money out of it. And that she did. So she wears like this cat-like mask where she's in her face because you don't really see her face in the video, but you got it a clue of her body type as she somehow convinces the whole school that it's some other girl because of the angles of the camera, whatever. Whatever she say face, everyone's done buying the story because she's that convincing. But now she's online doing, doing her thing to make some cheddar, make some skrillet. So she's over here doing that to get these perverts who are big fans of her to pay her money. Why not, right? So this is where Rue, we move on to Rue, who has been doing well um, after her little fentanyl uh, scare that she had a, um, at a Fesco's house from the this dealer, the guy with the tattoos all over his face. Her mom worries because she just appears for 16 hours a day. Any parent would. That's crazy. Uh, and she's trying to stay sober and feels compelled for her family's sake and everyone around her who's rooting for her to stay sober, but not for herself. And this is one of those downward spirals where, like, you got to do shit for yourself before you can do it for others because it, it's, it's for your own well-being and benefit, not for everyone else's. Um, she's actually trying her best either way. Uh, Jules is falling head over heels for the captain of the football team, which is wild because she slept with this dude's uh, dad. Not a yeah. So like, it, but she doesn't know it's him because he's going by a fake name, Tyler. But we know who it is, and um, he's hitting on her and and sending dick pics, and the dick pic becomes a big issue. It becomes a big segment, almost a comedic on the episode, where they're showing like what different dick pics mean and how they're they're taken, and I'm like, yo, this is getting a little bit too intricate for my liking. Like, I'm just trying to watch a show about high schoolers, uh, a young adults playing high schoolers, but this is getting a little too graphic for my liking. Let's just leave it at that. And I'm like, well, then again, it's HBO. When have they not shown ass, titties, and dicks? You know, like they show everything on HBO. But they get really intricate, like sex ed intricate with this portion with Rue giving like a full on, almost like a cutaway scene you would see in Scrubs or any comedy show. Um, and she's in a classroom with the pointer. It's a whole hilarious moment, I guess. Uh, so the girls are at lunch talking about boys and just normal stuff. It's there, you know, and just how's life, everything all right. And this is where Kat asks her friends like, hey, does Bitcoin like protect you from people knowing where your money's coming from and they're all looking at her like we don't know shit about bitcoin we're they're high schoolers like they're too young to talk about this ton of stuff but some of the people online who like her want to pay her in bitcoin and if you know anything about bitcoin and crypto it's real money in the form of a digital format so you can guess you can literally sell bitcoin if someone gives you and get currency in your country in return yes that's exactly how it works and no harm no foul 
So she goes to Ashtray. Of course, this 12-year-old knows about damn NFTs and Bitcoin. He's a 12-year-old drug dealer. Why wouldn't he know this shit? <laughs> so, um, and then Ashtray and Fesco make, uh, make it known that, listen, we deal with everything except sex trafficking. We don't do human trafficking. We don't cross that line. We don't fuck with that. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Which, again, was kind of a good joke, but haha, no. Uh, so here we move on, where Cassie's going off to college to see her boyfriend, and her mom warns her to be careful not to get knocked up. And she's being serious, even though she's kind of drunk and jokey, but she really like, listen, have fun, but don't have too much fun. And being a caring mom, so aside from her alcohol problems, she actually is a caring mother. She just wants her best for her daughters. I mean, she gives them freedom for sure to do what they want, but she knows, hey, there's consequences consequences of your choices you better watch how you do so we move on where she says to her, her boyfriend christopher no funny business and she he's like yes ma'am i'll take care of her so chris is at a frat a white frat to be exact because in most of these shows whenever they do frats they always do the white frats and if you know anything about fraternities right white frats are notorious for hazing and a lot of weird shit like they just do a lot of strange uh, dares like it's fucking fear factor or some shit it's just they always go overboard you don't see the shit in, in in hispanic and black frats like you don't see this happening usually brown and black frats are a little bit more cool a little bit more level-headed it's more militant like they got you cleaning toilets with a toothbrush chore because that's initiation you got to pay your dues whatever it is just regular chores but white frats out here got you doing some shit like fucking uh taking shots at goldfish like i'm like what the hell and again if you watch any of these frat movies like uh, animal house whatever they always got some weird kinks and, and shit that's a little bit okay you've gone a bit too far <laughs> so yeah you know exactly what i'm talking about if you watch any of those movies they're just specifically very wild so well, with that being said thankfully even though chris was about to like you know pussy out of there getting a shot at goldfish his girl Cassie helps him and takes a shot with him and then they wins over the, the elder frat guys so as we move on here we see where Rue has a crush on Jules the whole episode it was hinting at it because she was overprotective of her like in this online guy who she doesn't know anything about so I don't blame her for you know having her apprehensions because let's keep it 100 even though the guy knows that she is transitioning and trans uh in all seriousness trans people go through a lot of shit as uh, murders and suicide are a big issue in the trans community so seeing people getting killed for just existing is so fucked up but it's a reality so if your best friend is trans you want to protect them from a total stranger who's trying to meet you in the middle of the night in the in in the in the freaking woods or a park somewhere sketchy but Jules is used to this because because she is um, different than the rest of the society sees her, her high school. She can't just meet people in public the old school way. She has to do it this way for people who are still in the closet themselves about themselves. And so it's it's kind of like to protect on both sides, but I get where Rue is coming from. Like, what are you doing out in the middle of the night to meet a guy? You can't meet him at a damn movie theater or something? Like, you just just pick somewhere a little bit more discreet. Maybe maybe somewhere where, I don't know, there's some people, but like, it ain't, it ain't I don't know, just some, just nothing sketchy. Like, you know, it's just dangerous. So, of course, as a good friend would worry, you're like, hey, I'll be right. So, Rue in the end shows her true feelings. Um, 
for Jules, and she rushes to Fezco for a fix. Um, and he's cutting her off. Uh, and it was, the fix wasn't because she was happy. It was because she was relapsing a little bit at this point. And um, I think she was being rejected by Jules, or she felt that Jules was like caught off guard with her liking her. Her so she got I felt embarrassed and she wanted to blow off steam. Fesco cut her off because like hey after what happened last time I'm not trusting drugs anywhere near you. Plus you stole me money and I don't want to deal with this shit. Never come to my house again. And this is where she had a whole meltdown. And that's the end of the third episode here. We're gonna take a small commercial break and review the following episode. Don't move that dial. I know it's not television. It's just something I heard on TV growing up. <laughs> just stay there. We'll be right back with the next review.